Howdy. You are a part of something humongous. Everybody say ginormous. That's a fun word. You are a part of something big. And this morning we start a series, a December series called Big Things Come in Small Packages. Um, it's my job this morning to kind of lay the foundation for the next um, four weeks. I want to make sure I'm very clear this morning, okay? I want you to get your sheets out. Um, might not talk very long. I, just want to, I don't want my words to get in the way. I want to make sure that you absolutely get the picture this morning of two things. One, this gospel thing that we're a part of is huge. And it's so big that we run the risk of missing it because we see small. I want to make sure that you see exactly how big this is that we're a part of. Here's what's going to happen over the next couple couple weeks. Today we're going to end big. Um, we're going to end big. B-I-G, believing in God. When you hear the word big over the next month, whether you hear it from us, whether you see it on TV, that's what you think, believing in God. I want you to end believing in God. I don't want you to come up short at the end. I want you to end believing in God. And so this morning we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how big the kingdom of Jesus has grown and will provide the foundation for the next four weeks. Next week we'll talk about we want to dream big because nothing sets us free to dream big like knowing that we win in the end, right? Right? So y'all aren't Panthers fans? Because like the last couple of weeks, here's what I've been thinking while I watch the Panthers games. I keep thinking if I somehow could fast forward and know that we win, I wouldn't be biting my fingernails, right? Something about knowing that we win in the end sets us free to dream big. I mean, I don't want to be your life coach this morning, and this, is going to, this morning is going to feel a little bit like life coaching, okay? But let me just ask you this simple question. What would you do with your life if you knew you could not fail? I don't know what your answer is, but it's probably something like this, something different. Maybe you take a shot at moving to New York and being discovered. Maybe you would just open a mechanic shop your own shop, because you know that if you were an honest mechanic and didn't rip people off, you would be swamped with work. I'm just throwing it out there as if maybe God was speaking to somebody to start a mechanic shop so I can have one. Who knows? But if failure was not an option, if you knew that you would absolutely win, you would absolutely succeed, what would you do? See, when we know that we win, after today, my goal is you walk out of here saying this, I win. I'm a part of something huge. And because I win, next week we talk about dreaming big. Man, I can dream believing in God because I know I cannot fail. And then the third week, and this is the one I'm most excited about, December the 15th. I'm just warning you what's coming. We're going to give big. Because sometimes what we do is we hold on to our resources so we can fund our dream. But when we know that God is funding our dream, then we're freed up to fund someone else's. See how that works? So here's what we're going to do. We've never done this before. On that day, when we talk about giving big, we're going to take our first big give. Hope this is something we do every single year. And here's what we're asking you to do as a church. We're just asking you either as an individual or as a family, when you go Christmas shopping this year, just add one more person to your list. We don't know what their name is. Just add a blank person to your list. And an average Christmas gift is, I don't know what your family's like, but ours is probably like $20, $25. So we're just going to ask on that day, on the December the 15th, when we get done with the teaching, we're going to take up a one-time offering. $25 a person, $25 a family, however you want to work that out, that's up to you. And whatever comes in that offering, 100% of it, we're going to go give it away. We're going to find nonprofits in our area, and we're just going to walk up and say, hey, what do you need? And we're going to write a check. Now, however much comes in, I don't know. Uh, it'd be great. I heard um, Andy Stanley's church does this every year, and last year they gave away $5.1 million. We're not going to do that this year, right? <laughs> We need a lot more $25 gifts, don't we? But they're a much bigger church. They've been doing this a long time. But the principle is still the same. And this morning what we're talking about is that big things come from small packages. And so here's the question. Do we have to wait until we're big to act and do big things? No. The message of the gospel, especially at Christmas, is sometimes little things can create big things. And so let's just start where we are, right? And so if we end up with $700, we'll just go find out who needs it and we'll give it to them. 100% of it. You get to be a part of that. I get to be a part of that. That's December the 15th. 
December the 22nd, the Sunday before Christmas, we're going to talk about receiving big. Here's what our culture does. We all get that Jesus came at Christmas, right? Right? Because we all go to the plays and we see the kids dress up and we see the little fake baby. So we're like, I think that's Jesus. We all get that. But what we don't really know how to do is receive believing in God. We're talking about receiving Jesus. That's the day that you want to bring your family that they don't know Jesus. They come to church two times a year. That's the one of the days you want them here. And we're just going to make it very, very simple, very clear. We want them to receive from God. The last Sunday of the year, we're going to start big. See what we did there? We're ending big today. We're going to start big then. And we're just going to talk about what the next steps are. And here's what we're going to do that day. We're going to rearrange the furniture in here. We're going to throw some tables out. We're just going to eat. You like to eat? Okay, well, three of us will be eating that day. We're just going to share, we're just going to share a meal together. And we're going to talk about... Knowing that it ends big, knowing that we cannot fail, understanding how big the vision is that God is giving us and others around us, what do we do going forward? How do we start taking next steps, believing in God? And that will be a great day just to relax and enjoy and just talk about the year and how good God's been in his faithfulness. Make sense? But this morning we're going to end big. And here's um, two points. Here's the first thing I want you to get. Seeing the big is exciting. Just out of curiosity, how many of you love big presents by a show of hands? I mean, I'm, I love big presents. Like, it, just if it's, just wrap a big box. Just give it to me. Man, growing up, when I would go out and we'd look in the tree, I would look at all the presents. And if I found, it's hard to admit, but if I found, I've got a big family, that one of my sisters had the biggest present under the tree, I couldn't really be happy for them. Because I want it to be mine, right? I just love, if they had all these big presents and I had like two or three small ones, God, I want to have a grateful heart, but I want a big present. So my mom got, she got smart. Like if she was giving us a little present, she would wrap that box inside a bigger box and then inside a bigger box and inside like a bigger, and just you'd be unwrapping all these big, so you'd have this huge box and eventually you're down to this small box. And, but I loved it because it was big. I like big things. I like to go to big football games. I like big concerts. I like big noise. I just like big stuff, don't you? And sometimes we're made to feel horrible about that, but it's a good thing that we like big things because the kingdom of God is big. Look at Revelation chapter 5. Let me read to you what happens at the end of time. There was a, a man named Stephen Covey. He wrote a struggling book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the habits was that you should begin with the end in mind. Why do we do that? He basically said this. Look, if you want people to say nice things about you at your funeral, be nice now. So if you begin with the goal in mind, then you can make choices here that help you get there. What we're talking about right now is, what does this look like at the end? I mean, we, we look around. Go ahead and look around now. We know what the kingdom of God looks like now, don't we? It's the guy next to us and the person on the other side of them and a couple chairs. And, and we, we get it. This is what, but is this what it will look like in heaven? No. I mean, there's probably going to be some orange there because it's a, it's a color that God loves. I'm sure of it. But this is what it will look like in heaven. Let me just read to you. Starting in verse 6, then I saw a lamb, this is Jesus, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. That's the one verse everybody's like, what does that mean? Ask Phil. I don't know. He came and took the scroll, Jesus, from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And this is what happened when he took the scroll. The four living creatures... And the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. This is what we'll hear in heaven. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men from, for God from every tribe, from every language, from every people and every nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. 
Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and in a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven on earth and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Be praised and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Listen, this thing that we're part of, Jesus, the kingdom of Jesus, it ends big. That's big. That's every created thing. Falling down and worshiping Jesus. I want you to know that if it's a sin to be excited about big things, we're all going to be sinning there. Because we're going to be like, this is awesome. If you're the front row guy at a concert, you want to be there, right? I mean, I don't know if you'll be doing like, rock on Jesus. I don't know if we'll do that. But we will be, it'll be loud. That will be a light show to end all light shows. It's going to be big. And we're going to be a part of that. Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 to 33. Jesus described his kingdom again this way. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And though it's the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told him another parable. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Look, he says it's a big tree. The kingdom of God's a big tree. The kingdom of God is dough that's been totally worked through with yeast. It's big. It ends up big but seeing big is one thing how many of you if we're honest when you see the big presence and you know it's for you immediately you're excited I'm that way it's one thing to be excited because you see the big but that's not enough seeing the big excites us it's exciting but here's point two seeing the big in the small is uniting it's one thing to be excited about seeing big things Lots of people see big things. As a matter of fact, what we're going to find in just a minute is the religious leaders of Jesus' day, they were seeing big things too. But how they miss Jesus? See, seeing the big is exciting. But seeing the big in the small is uniting. Here's what I mean by that. If we only see the big things... We have no part in it. We're just spectators, right? Get the band up on the stage, and they are awesome, and they're playing, and we're just part of watching it happen. But when, when we realize that God wants to use us in the big picture, I don't know how you are when I feel very small, and I feel like God hands me the mic and says, go for it. That's not an exciting moment for me. It's a scary moment. My first trip to India, when Koshi takes me to this home where there's a man who's dying. And Koshi looks at me and says, um, the Hindu priest can't pray and get this man healed. So they heard you were a pastor from America, so you pray. Oh, baby, I'm praying. Trust me. I'm praying right now, oh God, please like, give me something. That's scary to me. What, sometimes I'd rather just step back in the shadows and just let things play out. But listen, God calls us to be a part of something big. And we kind of go, ah, I don't know. It's supposed to be one exciting and two terrifying all at the same time. There should be something in us that says, I don't know if I've got what it takes. Because you don't, 2 Corinthians 4.17 says that you and I are jars of clay. 
and we hold a treasure. Jars of clay. I, I brought a couple pictures of some things that we would miss, okay? We would miss these things if we're looking for the big, and we would look right past the small. Because sometimes big things come in small packages, and we would miss some pretty cool things here. I think we have a ring. Do we have a picture of a ring? We'll see. There it is. Can you imagine, um, and this has been real and recent for some of us, being handed a box, a small box, and you just look at it and go, I don't like small things, and throw it away. You could miss that. Possibly the most terrifying thing of all would be a baby, right? You have a baby. So you have this baby, right? And this baby is really, really tiny. And the baby needs you. And you suddenly realize, I don't know if I got what it takes. I think I need to get, like, my spouse with me to help raise this child. And I need my parents. And I need my grandparents. And I need my friends and my friend's parents. And I need a whole village because I'm an idiot, right? You start realizing, man, I can't do this by myself. Because sometimes the big things that come in small packages, when they see them small and tiny, we realize, wait a second, it's on me to hold a treasure? I'm just a jar of clay. I'm going to mess this up. And what do we start to do? Jesus, I need you. Call up our friends. Hey, how do you change a diaper? Because I was just holding my baby, my sweet little baby, and all of a sudden my, my hand was full of stuff that's warm, and I don't know what to do. Help. Something about seeing the big things in the small that unites us. We start to realize, wait, I'm not the only person a part of this. Like, you're a part of this, and you're a part of this. We're in this together. God's using all of us to do something bigger than any one of us. It should humble us. The religious leaders missed Jesus because he came small. One of their leaders in John 1.46 actually said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It's kind of like um, Kelly Pickler making it big. People are like, you're from where? They got, like, stuff there, like stoplights and junk. And you're on American Idol, and now you're popular in country. What? You're from, is that Albemarle? Sometimes we, we get so wrapped up in where somebody came from that we miss what God might want to do through them. Sometimes we can see the small and totally rule out that anything big could ever happen there. I know I found that to be true when I was on the road speaking. The biggest offerings came from the smallest churches. The smallest offerings came from the biggest churches. Always surprised me. Because you'd pull into the parking lot, and not that you would ever curse God. I mean, you wouldn't. But when you're the speaker and you need an offering because you want to eat, and you pull in, and you go inside, and you sit in a fellowship hall, and there's like eight people there. You and God had this little conversation going on before you start talking to them about God. You're talking to God like, are you serious? This is, this is the plan? You sent me here. Or even worse, I said no to the big church because I'd already said yes to this church. Are you kidding me? And without fail, the offering that would come, you're like, which one of you is the millionaire, right? I mean, who, who's got the money? Sometimes we discount what God could be doing because we don't see how he could do it in a place that small. I love the verse, Micah 5.2, that Bethany read. The prophecy, I mean, get this, the prophecy was, um, I'm sending a Messiah, he's going to come from Bethlehem. Small town. Don't miss him. Hey, by the way, guys, I'll tell you how you'll know that you found Jesus. He's the baby in a manger in swaddling clothes. Do you ever read the Christmas story and think, wait, like God like pretty much drew the map to Jesus. And how could they still miss him? Let me tell you how they could miss him. Old verse in an old book 
Zechariah 4.10. Just jot that down, Zechariah 4.10. And here was what the prophet said to the people of Israel. Do not despise the day of humble beginnings. You know what he's saying? Like, don't look past the small looking for the big. Because if you do, you're going to miss Jesus because he's coming to the small. Big things are going to come in a small package. And if you keep looking for the big thing in the big package, you're going to miss the Messiah. And they did. My heart this morning is for you to start to see just some of the big things that God is doing in his kingdom. And the shocking part is, it's happening through you. Now, now look at the person next to you. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some stats, and here's what you're going to think. No way. There's no way. And this is absolutely not to build us up. Because here's the other thing that happens. When you're a small thing and God does something big through you, you can't take credit for that. Isn't that why God chooses to use small things to do big things? Because we don't, we don't have to compete for his glory. I mean, I could tell you, I'm going to tell you some of these things that's happening through the gathering just in the past year alone. And one, you're going to go, it's crazy. He made that up. And your second thought's going to be, seriously? Through us? Because we know us. We have a little small Vimeo account. I don't know a lot about Vimeo. I just know you video the tapes, the sermons. You stick them up on Vimeo, and you don't tell anybody, and then people go watch them, apparently. Last year, apparently 28% of the world watched it. Now, we can't get them to move to Albemarle, right? Can we? That's all we can do to keep people in Albemarle. We're like, I'm out of here. I grew up here. I know what it's like. 54 countries last year. 54 countries. Watched a message from here. There's only 196 countries in the world. It's 28%. That's over a fourth of the world watching a message from here. This is Albemarle. If you're watching right now, it's Albemarle without er. We have just 15,000 people in the, in the city. 54 countries in the world. Saw a message from here. Meg Gaston, who's one of the girls that was at Pfeiffer, is now in South Korea. She sent me this message a couple weeks ago. She said, I just want to thank you for putting the messages online. She said, because I'm now in South Korea and I'm helping serving in a church, and they don't have an English-speaking service, and so I go to church on Sunday mornings and I serve there, and I don't know anything that's happening. And I would be dying spiritually, except for the fact that my Sunday nights are spent in front of the computer. And I watch the gathering. Thank you. Did you hear me say South Korea? Another young lady at Pfeiffer, her boyfriend, is in Japan in the Army. Same thing. He sent an, a message. I, you don't know me, but I'm in Japan, and I watch your service online. I'm just being honest, okay? I read that and go, why? Why would you, why our service? We, we have orange Christmas trees, and one of the light strands doesn't even work. And ironically, that's the tree that's in the video shot that will be now seen in 54 countries. 54 countries are saying they can't even make their light bulbs work, and yet they're watching. See, he, here's what I want you to understand. It's so easy to come in here and see losses because we live in Albemarle. It's so easy to come in here and think, God, we should be bigger. We should whatever, fill in the blank. What I'm telling you is, maybe we're this size because God gets all the glory. We are who we are, and he is using you. Do you remember we did the 10 series at the beginning of last year? I don't know if you were here for that or not. Some of you were. So we just took 10 weeks, and we talked about 10 things, and we read a, 10 books in the Bible over those 10 weeks, and it was just... It was a great, great, great series. We did it right there in a the coffee shop. It was, you know, I don't know, 70, 80 people hanging in a coffee shop talking about 10 things in the Bible. Pretty cool. I found out this, this past week, just not counting the reading plans, not counting the, the growth guides, not counting um, the sermon outlines, just, just the MP3s, just the audios 
from the 10 series in this past year, not even counting December because we just started that today, the audio files have been downloaded 4,766 times. How many people are in our church? 130, except on December the 1st. Four thousand seven hundred sixty-six times, from one series at the gathering, and doesn't it blow your mind? Because you're sitting there going, "Paul, you're not that good," and I'm not. I'm not. Our podcast has been accessed thirty-four thousand seven hundred sixty-five times. podcast we have a podcast yeah see you don't even know about it and it's been downloaded almost 35,000 times you know funny thing about that that's also me speaking I'm not that good we're just not we're just 130 people in, in Albemarle podunk Albemarle trying to serve Jesus and somehow God blesses that We had 30,000 visits to our website last year. 105,000 page views on our website last year. Dang, that's bigger than Elevation's church. That's cool. 1,300 times people watched a video from shot from this stage. 1,300 times. This is funny. 18,000 times they started it, which means we're not good enough to hold them there, but, you know... <laughs> It's kind of like y'all, you know, when you hear the beginning of the message and you kind of zone out and then you hear the end, you're like, that was good. Man, these stats blow my mind. They blow my mind. I talked to Ken Shank yesterday. He's the doctor that leads the team to India. And he said, but I, had to, I had to call Paul and tell you this because I just got the phone with Koshi. Um, I don't know if you, you won't remember this, but we showed the pictures from our trip. And somewhere in those pictures, because I don't remember where it was, but there was a boy that we saw that was really badly burned on his face. And so Ken called and said, do you know who treated that person? And I'm thinking, if I do, I don't want to tell you because something's wrong, right? You want to find somebody to blame? He said, no, I just want to know who treated him because Koshi just called me and said, I just want you to know that that boy is 100% completely healed. And Ken's a doctor. Ken's like, the medicine we gave, not that good. God just healed a boy. On the other side of the world, through somebody here. God is doing amazing things. Why is this so important? Why is it so important for us to understand what a win looks like? Because if we don't know what the wins look like, then we can't celebrate. We just talked about Revelation chapter 5, which is going to be a very big party. Do you agree? Big party. When all of creation is falling face down and worshiping Jesus, that's a big deal. But we have small things to celebrate along the way. I mean, just some things we just talked about, those are, those are small things in comparison to all of heaven and earth falling down worshiping Jesus. But these are huge things to celebrate. These are the kind of things that you should walk out of here going, dang, that's cool. I mean, you know, it's like hard to get 150 people in the building, but, you know, like, 1,300 people watching online, that's pretty cool. 54 countries, wow. It means you can move to another country and still come to the gathering. These are things that should make us say, this is amazing, God, that you would use us to do that and at the same time kind of have us scratching our heads going, really? Us? I mean, God, can't you pick somebody better? For whatever reason, God says, no, I'm picking you. I want to use you. And so the word of the prophet comes to us, and he says the exact same thing. Hey, gathering, don't despise the day of humble beginnings. And can I just be honest, as your pastor, I'm okay being 130 people. From now until eternity, if I can read stats like that every year that say we're doing something global, I'm okay with that. We live in a society that so looks for the big that we miss what God wants to do through the small. 
probably one of the biggest wins that we have in our church is Randy, and he's sitting right here. And so I asked him this morning, because one of, one of the things we want to do this month is we want to hear, we want you to hear some of the wins. Um, if you're into hashtagging, I said hashtagging, not hashing, right? If you're into hashtag, I mean, you can hashtag win all month long. You see ways that God's using people in this church, you can, you know, send it us on Twitter, at The Gathering Now, and just hashtag win. We, we're just trying to identify all the time the way that God is using our church. Just real simple stuff, like a lot of churches have boardrooms where they have board meetings and people fall asleep in them because it gets boring. We don't have a boardroom. And even if we did, I would still have our elder meetings at Big Al's. There's just something really cool about having your elder meeting at a pub that I love. But we get to build relationships with Big Al's. He's our neighbor, right? I mean, our church isn't in a neighborhood. We don't have people that live in houses next to us. These are our neighbors. And a win for us is getting to go down there a couple Monday nights ago and buy chicken wings for people while they get drunk watching the Panthers win. And I love that. When they look at you and say, you're a pastor? That's a win. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? This is what our church does. This is what it means to be Jesus in our culture. This is why when you read the gospel, the people that went to church a lot in Jesus' day looked at him and said, you're hanging out with who? And it's really important for us to understand that because some of us are going to have friends that come and visit our church and they're going to say, I would love the gathering if it was just more like a church. This is who we are because we've got a mission to be near God in order to be sent to those far from him. We're the ones that are supposed to be sent to those far from us. We're not supposed to build something so that they want to necessarily come here. What I've just shared with you is there are people worldwide who will never come here. But our mission is to be sent to them. To be sent to them physically. To be sent to at Big Al's, go buy chicken wings and say, hey, what's going on? You know, it's only weird if it doesn't work. And so our weird tonight is we're buying you chicken wings so you can get drunk and the Panthers will win. I'm rubbing people's heads at the bar, you know. It's only weird if it doesn't work. And they're like, yeah, do it. That's awesome. Okay. We've had people that have visited our church just because they saw us have our elder meetings at the pub. This is a win for us. I was raised in church. I totally get choirs. My mom and dad were in a choir. I was thinking about this today. We were singing, Oh, Come Let Us Adore Him. Sing choirs of angels, and my mom's in that choir. How awesome is that? And we're singing that today. Today is the 10th anniversary of her passing. She's in that choir. If she was alive and attending the gathering, here's what our conversations would be around dinner at lunch. Just I'm making sure you feel okay about where you are. She would say, I love our church. Can we have a choir? That's what my mom would say, and I would say, I want to say no, but I feel like I have to say yes because you're my mom. We might not ever have a choir. But we will always have elder meetings in a pub. It doesn't mean that one's better than the other. It just means that one is what we're called to do. And it's important that we understand that. Because we've got to know what the wins are. And so for me to have a conversation with the manager at Big Al's about maybe being, it sounds like I'm really doing an ad for Big Al's, doesn't it? And if you're watching, I expect some free wings. But for me to be able to have a conversation with the manager about maybe being able to give first-time visitors at the gathering a, a 10% off card or a free, buy one, get one free meal to Big Al's, I mean, that's a win for him to actually want to have that conversation. This Saturday is downtown Christmas. On this stage will be third graders. And sitting where you're sitting will be parents, aunts, uncles of those third graders. They'll just be singing stuff. I don't even know what they're singing. And they just said, hey, can we use your place? And we said, yes, that's a win. 
in March of next year, the UR players having their performance here. That's a win because it gets us close to people who are far from Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying? And so if we ever walk in here and start to go, oh, and I'm the worst. Because, like, it's December the 1st, and I'm the biggest Christmas guy there is. And I want to have 200 people packed in here singing Christmas carols. And so I'm here going, God, I wish they were here. And God's saying, dude, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Because what God's saying is if you despise the small, I will pick you up. And I will put somebody here who will not. And you can go chase your big thing. Or you can just simply sit back and watch me do big things here. And watch me get the glory and not you guys. Me being God, not me. (laughs) Back to Randy. Come on, Randy, come up here. We want you this month to hear some of the things that God's doing through you guys. Some of the testimonies, what he's doing. And, and Randy's the perfect one. You have notes. I love that. Randy's the perfect one to give a testimony, and here's why. Because a lot of you don't know where he came from. So I've asked him kind of just share, you know, the good. I mean, where he is now, what God's doing in his life right now. So I think that's kind of the Randy that we see. And then I want you to understand where he came from. The small steps that got him here. You ready? All right, this is Randy. Everybody give him some gathering love. Good morning, everyone. Uh, the great I am sent me here, and Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and that makes me a winner and a champion. Uh, um, I've, I have so much to say, I'll be here till midnight, so we better get that food out. <laughs> right. Uh, Let me start out where I came from. It, it, it was uh, September 11, September 13, 2011. I was delivered, uh, radically saved uh, from a drug and alcohol addiction. And that was the start. That was just the start of, of really, of it. Uh, now, today... I'm, I'm still growing, and they're, they're, I'm growing in the body of Christ. Uh, you know, that. For, let me, I guess I'll try to, you know, it was told 27 months ago, I was born again. Um, and the first year, I was like un, an unemployable, um, you know, just a lot of worship in church. And I, I was, um, you know, just, just seeking God a lot. Um, still kind of like wandering, you know, I, I kind of I go back to the Old Testament sometimes of how my life has gone through like that, um, you know, delivered and then wandering and, and then, um, you know, jo- you know, almost uh, then what the, then I started getting things back, you know, I'm living back at home because I was living in a homeless shelter and I had nothing. So now I'm living back at home. I have a job, I've been given a car, I have a driver's license, um, you know, money, a phone, all, all kinds of things are starting to come back to me. So part of these growing pains and some things I had to repent from um, were, were uh, I started to, um, I started, I, I started to like, it was more almost about me and, and I was losing you know, I wasn't given, it didn't seem like I was giving God the credit as much. And, and I started to struggle um, and not wanting to use drugs or alcohol. But I just knew something was, something's going on. And I wasn't real sure. Now, this preaching is just conviction, comforting. And, and sometimes... Uh, uh, challenging me. Uh, but a lot of conviction, uh, community groups are huge for me, a spiritual advisor, you know, Jay, uh, helping me, uh, you know, this accountability and, and I'm wondering what's going on, you know, and, uh, just felt like, again, like I was out my, my testimony, I, I was just losing, 
um, my, my witness and, and, you know, that, that, you know, my, I'm struggling in the healing of my relationship with my wife, uh, struggling with a relationship with my dad and, and struggling with work and managing money and wondering what's going on, you know, and, and not realizing how I was, some discipline was coming, discipline was coming, um, so the job has been slow. Now, I prayed for this job last year and, and to go back out on the road and get back in union and to, to um, that was going to help me make amends and, you know, God's working in my life and I'm getting these things back. Um, and he gave that to me. You know, it came back. Well, I wasn't exactly doing what I prayed for then with that money. I wasn't making them amends like I said I would. I, I wasn't managing it well, you know, going through Dave Ramsey and kind of student. I'm just struggling with, with this stuff. And uh, wonder what's going on, you know, and I'm trying to kind of feeling distant. Um, you know, God, what's, what's happening, you know? And uh, so I, uh, I go on a ride last week with Jay. Saturday, or yeah, two Saturdays ago, we go on a ride, and um, so we're gonna we're gonna go to the beach. So we're gonna spend about four or five hours together. So these com this conversations got pretty deep sometimes, and it was getting um, it was it, it was it was getting tough for me, you know. And and you know he's he's grinding on me, and, you know that that iron sharpening iron. Well, that gets friction starts getting heated up, and I don't really like that. I'm getting a little uncomfortable with some of this stuff. And, uh, you know, but he, he's sharpening me up. So we're having some of these conversations about, you know, the healing in the relationship and, 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 and the relationships. And the one that really came to me with my dad, um, who struggles with, he, he's somewhat re well, someone, he's renounced Christianity due to so many tragedies in his life. And that, that was hard for me when I've sat and talked with him. And he's, you know, me, me and the new creation I am, it was hard for me to, to, to listen to that. And, and I didn't know what to say sometimes. And so I'm, I'm to try to witness to him. Now, I owe, I owe him a lot of money throughout the years. Of, of He's helped me. And I, I get this job because I'm going to make these amends to these people. Well, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it to these people. And uh, Jay and I, we're having this conversation. He's like, well, now there, there's a commandment. Honor your parents. You owe him money. And, and, and all of a sudden it starts, I mean, it starts welling up in me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. I'm not. I'm not honoring my dad. I'm not paying him back. He's struggling with salvation. We'll show him what a Christian does. Start paying him back. And it was, it was, it was burning in me. It was hard. To, to, I, I, was, I was backsliding, period. And, uh, you know, when you need revival, you're backsliding. And I, and I was spiritually, and I didn't like it. And uh, he's like, you know, I have no job. It's Christmas. I'm laid off. I've worked six months this year. So all it's, I'm like, oh, man, what's going on? And he's like, you, you need to call him. Call him up. A couple days go by. I run into him in the coffee shop. Have you called your dad? No. Call him. I go out and call him. I go in the car and I call him up. And, uh, <laughs> you know, nice. It was a nice conversation. And, uh. I'm really trying hard not to cry. I usually do pretty good. I'm <sighs> so we have a nice conversation, and I ask him, you know, how much how much money do I owe you? There's something on my heart that I, I need to I, I need to make amends, and I, how much? He get, and it's a lot of money, and he gives me a figure that's half of what I owe, him, and I know it's a lot more. So right off the bat, mercy. Right off the bat, just through this phone call. Half. So I'm going to do the best I can. This is on my heart. I need to make this right. I, to my wife, again, this slow in this, this healing. I'm like, man, why is this so slow? 
You know, it only takes one to be born again in there. And I'm not saying she's not born and she loves Jesus. And I don't, I, I, I gotta, I want to make sure I say this properly. Whether she even ever goes to church or not, we're married, God hates divorce, and, and I got to do the right thing in that relationship. It's me. It's on me now and my relationship with God and what he taught me to do to everyone in all my affairs. And I'm struggling there, though, because, I mean, again, pride was taking over. I, I'm saved, and I'm, man, I'm almost like holier than thou, and air, this spiritual arrogance is taking over. I got this job, and see the money I'm providing, but I wasn't really doing it right, like I just explained. I wasn't. I wasn't doing it right. So I have to, I make some, I, I tell her this, and, and she's kind of heard before, and, and I, I, it's been on me, and I've been asking people to pray for this, that I can tell something's wrong. I'm not really sure. So God's going to make, God's going to make sure. Now, now I'm not working. And so I, I, it's starting to wear on me. And uh, I'm not repenting. I'm not doing what I promises I made with him, and I'm not repenting, and I'm not witnessing like I'm supposed to. He saved me. Well, when you get saved, I get saved, and we're talking about Jesus becoming flesh. Well, when you get born again, the word becomes flesh again. I'm not doing it. And I was struggling. And uh, now, and, and then at work. So the work slows down. That was hard as well. So I, I, I make a, these calls. And I go to a job interview that same day where I've tried to get on with the company for about a year and a half. I've been trying to get with these guys. We keep missing, keep missing each other. I go over there, and they hire me on the spot. And they're so busy and swamped, they put me to work the next day. <laughs> the next day. <laughs> I'm just... Uh, <laughs> So it's still struggling. Now, being part of the body and these growing pains, so realizing this stuff, what did it help me? Now, I read my Bible every day. I'm in community groups. So let me, how would I say it? Like, being part of the body, when my toe hurts, my knee knows about it. When my back hurts, my foot knows about it. Well, that's how these guys, they know about it. I'm in the body. I'm part of this body. They're going to know about it. They need to know about it. I can't do it alone, and I started getting out on alone again, and I, I, I could see what was going on now. Now I see where I was headed, and it was not going to end well. We want to talk about Old Testament or, you know, I'm headed to Babylon. That's where I'm headed. If you keep going that way, buddy, you know, you went in the promised land just like after Joshua. Now all of a sudden you got fat and you're getting all this and you turn your back and here you are on your own and you're perverting my grace and, and, and that's where I was. That's where I was. And I, I wasn't going to end well had I kept going that way. It was not going to end well. And uh, again, God's mercy and, and love and kindness in here, who people, well, I had to reach out. And again, to this, but the body's hurting, so other parts are going to help out. I've had to reach out financially, slowing down. I, I you know, work is slow. We're, they're right there. We're going to help you. We're going to help you. You know, they see, uh, they, they see that, that hunger for righteousness in me. And I do. I do have that hunger. And I am God's son. And um, I don't get it right all the time. But I'm still God's son. And, and, I, and I am going to the big party. And I do know the big picture. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> amen. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> so, I, I, and then there's a word I used. I, I came up with car. Confess, accept God's loving discipline, and repent. Car, get in your car, Randy. I was just saying, I need to get in my car. And uh, I, I, I got a couple other things, and uh, but I, I'll share. I can share them later. I, I'm just, I'm just. Thank you for allowing me to share this uh, and being part of this. God is, is, is working in His hand in my life, and uh, it's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, that you're all part of my family, and all you've did to me, for, for me, with me, to me. Um, I, I can't really express that in words. That stuff's unexplainable, really, uh, where I am. Uh, but I'm here to help. I'm here to stay. 
and uh, it's victory. It's the victory and living God's forgiveness, and that's what I will do and overcome because Jesus overcame, and I can and I will conquer because he did, and I need your help to do that. And thank you for letting me share all this, and you have a great, wonderful, blessed day. <laughs> So let's make sure we understand what a win is. A win is when somebody two years ago was doing all that they could to stay sober and two years later stands in a platform and says that they're wrestling with spiritual issues like honoring their father and repentance and following Jesus. The win is not perfection. See, I, I love, see you're giving testimony everybody's like, that's not the kind of testament I'm used to. I'm used to everything's great. But that's usually a lie. The win is that two years ago, I wasn't struggling with anything. I was just drunk. I was addicted. And today, I'm wrestling with holiness. That's the win. And you were a part of that. God chose you in our moral he used you and someday there will there'll probably never be a sign in the square up there that says Albemarle the home of the gathering I don't think because Albemarle gets no glory in this but there's a father in heaven and he knows where the gathering is because the gathering is one of those places that he can get glory from. And I don't want to despise that. Do you? Never. So here's the big idea for today. And we need a big idea today. We need to boil this whole thing down, don't we? Seeing the big in the small is what fills our hearts with awe. There's something about seeing God do big things through the most unlikely places that should fill our hearts with the desire to worship him. There's, there's not any part of me, the whole time you're talking, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, there's nothing in this that makes me want to stand up and go, we're amazing. But there's everything in that that wants me to say, Jesus, you are amazing. And you start to understand why in Revelation we finally get to heaven and we're in front of the, and he gives us a crown the Bible says we'll probably just take those crowns and just like give them right back. Like there's nothing I did to deserve this. And so here's what we're going to do this morning. Here's how we're going to end um, as we prepare for communion. I've just, um, can we do that song? Is that cool? I just want to do, oh, come let's adore him. Oh, come all ye faithful. Um, I think it's a perfect way to wrap this up as we prepare our hearts for communion. That we would just take a moment and just with one voice, just give back to God the glory that he's worthy of.